Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to another Irish Examiner football show. I'm Larry Ryan and this week I'm joined by Niall Quinn. Not Ireland's highest paid broadcaster, Niall, but uh, the other Quinny, uh, the drummer and songwriter with Limerick Band, The Hitchers. Um, some of you will probably recognise the intro music for this show. It was coming from Strachan, The Hitchers 97. It was a 1997 tribute to the, uh, the Little Maestro's work in the Leeds midfield. Um, it's a song you'll find listed across the internet in any of those charts of best football related music um, 20 years on from Strachan Niles and Cork this week end with another of his projects Half Arse Half Biscuit uh, Half Man Half Biscuit tribute band they play Fred Zeppelin and Cork on Saturday night uh, Half Man Half Biscuit of course are one of the first bands to pack their songs with football references um, All I Want For Christmas is a Dupla Prague away kit probably their most famous venture into that area so we'll talk to Niall about Strachan and about football songs in general but first, here's a little bit more of the song. there um 
of course, Strachan goes on to claim his hat-trick in that game before the end, I think, from Gary McAllister's cross. Um, Niall, thanks very much for joining us. Delighted to be here. Uh, um, Niall, this, the song, if there, was, if there was a World Cup of football songs, I'd say Strachan would at the very least make the third-place playoff, would he? Um, <laughs> maybe the final. Would he, would he even lift the trophy? There's, there's actually been a couple of those. Um, I think the Guardian ran one a couple of a couple of years back during one of the World Cups, and yeah. I, th- I think we did make it to the last eight or the last sixteen or something, but we didn't go further than that. Yeah, we we might come <laughs> back to some of the other contenders in a while, but um, yeah, just tell us about Strachan. I mean, th- the story is uh, a man trying to enjoy a, a Leeds United masterclass despite some interference from his other half. Um, is it an autobiographical tale? I doubt it. Um, I would say, going back to when I wrote it, um, any girlfriends of mine or anything from back along then would probably have been quite delighted if I'd go in and watch the football for a while. Um, <laughs> so there's there's very little autobiographical in it. Um, I, I, I actually wrote it, the original draft of it, probably a couple of months before Leeds won the title. It was early 92, anyway. Oh, right. And... So maybe there's a little bit of that feeds into it that your man's got a lot of skin in it, whatever he's watching. Yeah. And um, uh, but the the first sort of draft of it that I took to the band, it really wasn't great. It was actually uh, a, a very sort of second division rip off of Star Signed by Teenage Fan Club. Oh, um, yeah. It it had uh, it had the entire song had the pace of the end of the song, shall we say? The depend the the end of the song as it is now. That sort of like rocking out. Yeah, guitar-y yeah. kind of bit so it kind of um, it it sat on blocks for a couple of years and around the time Strachan uh, moved on to be player manager at Coventry I kind of got nostalgic and worked back into it and um, uh, that's how the likes of Gary Kelly ended up in it um, <laughs> as well that's right it, he, he was parachuted in there yeah the, 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 the lineup that's in the, and only because Kelly rhymes with telly um, but uh, the lineup that's in the team only played four matches together, and uh, it wouldn't have been in the champion, the championship winning season, like you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like uh, the, the band never really took to it back then. But uh, um, Eric uh, was our guitarist, was the last to join, and he used to hear me doing it on my own at sort of like solo gigs with acoustics, and that. he said, oh, "There's something in that, like you know." And, uh, because Eric has a great pop sensibility, and he helped sort of sort it out and give it a bit of structure. And he was kind of going, "You know, you're you're really trying to turn a what's more of a beautiful South song into a wedding present song here, and you need to go back <laughs> to first principles and, yeah. and and build it and build it." You know. So, are you actually a Leeds fan, uh, Noel? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I've always maintained, it's not a Leeds United song. Uh, and it was actually um, a, a friend of ours recently noticed that. Uh, in uh, despite the fact it does end up in things like football song World Cups, technically it's probably not even a football song uh, in any sense at all. There's a there's a tragically failing relationship going on right in front of your face while you're watching the football match in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose scenes like that wouldn't be entirely unfamiliar in, in many a house when the football is on. True, true. I presume the song has been very popular with Leeds fans over the years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they. Uh, they've found a video of it on, on YouTube and that and um, they get in touch every now and again and uh, actually they use bias every now and again till, till, the, till, the, till the thing turned up on YouTube and like everybody else that's slaughtered yeah. recorded music like you know but um, uh, yeah it is they, it, they're 
uh, somebody once said that they should end up playing it as Leeds come out. I think that's kind of overstating it. I think they play um, Tub Thumping by uh, Chumbawamba when Leeds come out and they're a Leeds band and everything and that's how it should be. Getting knocked down is probably more a Leeds thing anyway. Yes, it is, you know. So how did you become a Leeds fan, Niall? Um, I think you're probably about the same vintage as myself, so you certainly would have missed the glory years. Um, it, older brothers, I, straight up, I wasn't much into football when I was a kid. I, yeah, I really yeah. wasn't very good at it. Um, and because I wasn't good at it, I sort of like uh, did the indie kid thing of looking down my nose at it. So um, unlike a lot of people in Ireland, um, uh, I actually was one of Jack Charlton's converts to to, to football I think there's a lot of mythology out there that nobody in Ireland liked football till Jack Charlton came along which uh, ignores the fact that there was um, over 80,000 watching us beat France who pound for pound were probably the best team in the world um, in in Dublin in 1981 yeah, and uh, sure. you know we missed out on qualification for that World Cup I think it was by a point and by the previous one on goal difference yeah. um, so you know the, the pedigree was there but I, it, this was all going on in the background to me I, I, I really wasn't paying much attention to it and uh uh, when I was like in primary school and that, I used to actually follow Queen's Park Rangers because um, my mum got me a school bag with Queen's Park Rangers on it and I thought that's how you got your team which was the case in many houses <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. so uh, it was actually to, to differentiate between colours of school bags with my two older brothers I ended up with a Navy Queen's Park Rangers bag and, um, so I still actually have my Queen's Park Rangers the beauty team um, that I got in probably 1981 but uh fell away from football altogether and uh, by the time I came back to it in my late teens um, my two older brothers were Leeds supporters and uh, I started following Leeds pretty much at that at that stage they were still in the second division I should point out yeah it certainly wasn't a glory hunting exercise for you anyway oh god no it sure I steered the whole crack from them that it was an absolute uh, wandering in the wilderness kind of as they have been for the last decade and a bit you know so tell me would you have swapped the run under Dave O'Leary you know that run to the Champions League semi-final for maybe let's say a, a bit more stability in the years that followed yeah. it's a very fair question um, I really don't know um, you know back when back when Leeds won the title in 92 I think that was actually I I've heard a figure as low as four million and a figure as high as eight million that it was actually worth to them uh, for winning the old first division uh, title. And back then, um, Howard Wilkinson used the money that they got to build Tarp Arch, which brought which brought through uh, or helped bring through a rake of absolutely fantastic young players. But um, seemingly one of the reasons that Cantona and that wanted to go was that um, uh, Wilkinson wasn't willing to use the prize money to buy Basil Bowley and half the French team. That um, Cantona wanted to play with uh, so in terms of spending money if you would ask Leeds fans back when we, we had access to money whether it was ours or not um, should we be rolling the dice or should we be going for proper financial fortitude um, they'd probably have been saying roll the dice you know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but it, it had to come back and bite somebody and uh, unfortunately it was Leeds it was you know it was, it was going to happen to to us and others and I mean, it could have been worse we could have gone the way Rangers did um, and very nearly did, I'd say. What do you make of Gary Monk? I like Gary Monk. I, I've liked quite a few of the managers who were there before him as well. <laughs> uh, the Part of the problem that has been, I'm no fan of Mr. Chilenio, um, I, sh- I should say straight up, although you know it's been pointed out by other Leeds fans that he brought financial stability uh, to the club, but he also brought um, 
uh, an amount of instability off the field, which meant we were losing out on signing some fairly ordinary players because um, a player is looking at that situation at Leeds and going, the manager's going to be gone in three months. Um, and then I'm, yeah. you know, and then I, I'm here with a new coach who maybe doesn't think I'm up to much. And if it, you know, we lost players to um, to Sheffield Wednesday, to Bristol City, to pretty much any any club that were playing at the same level that could offer them um, a bit more stability. So I'm glad to see he appears to be in the process of slinging his hook. Um, and I I hope the door doesn't bang him on the backside on the way out. So just let, just back to Strachan. Um, what does um, what does the man himself make of the song? Um, have you met him? I, I spoke to him once on the phone. He was very flattered, very, yeah. very nice bloke. Um, we were supposed to meet him when we were touring over there in England in the mid nineties, um, and uh, their their coach broke down. I think it was they were, he was managing Coventry at that stage, and they were, he was bringing the, the team to the Coventry gig, and they were coming back from a pre-season friendly. And, and anyway, look, it didn't happen, and uh, we were playing a festival over there as well, and he oh, was right, in yeah. the tent next to us. And festivals being festivals, you need fifty different wristbands to go here, there, and everywhere, and uh, yeah. neither of us had the right ones, so. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was very flattered by the song. No, I'm not I'm not accusing you of dealing in alternative facts, but uh, did he actually score a hat trick for Leeds? He actually got uh, he got two or three, um, uh, but I think they uh, I think they might have included uh, penalty kicks, which uh, I, and I pointed that out to somebody online, and they came back and said the the narrative in the song does not exclude the possibility of penalty kicks. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't directly refer to any of them being penalty kicks. But he did. He he scored a hat-trick against Blackburn. I, remember, I was actually in college in Cork at the time. Um, but And there was a penalty kick in that one. And I think he got a hat-trick against Swindon Town as well. There's a couple of lovely lines in the song. Um, a programme about art... And I love uh, I love Strachan has stricken, but um, but the line Gary Speed is involved again now kind of I suppose looking back it, it stands as a sort of a, a low key tribute to to the late Welshman. Um, is that that was the kind of player he was? He was always involved, really, wasn't he? Yeah, he's um, he, he had a fantastic engine. He really did like. Um, uh, another friend of mine, one of the lads in the band, actually. Um, uh, Haas, he said to me at one stage he would have made a fantastic horror totally one end of the field to the other and you can always do, do it one or two more horrors in Limerick yeah we could yeah. <laughs> so what's the story now with the Hitchers I mean you had some you had some great songs um, I read an interview with you at some stage where you said you felt like a bit like Johnny Giles looking back at the, the 70s and early 80s with Ireland that you, you had the players but you just didn't get the breaks or a bit of luck or dodgy refs or whatever um, it, it could have kind of kicked on to another level for you, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, um, in some ways, we were our own worst enemies, um, or at least I was our worst enemy. Um, uh, it, like, we were actually together quite a while um, by the time we got a deal and got recording and stuff like that. But uh, I was just out of college, was in enjoying this new life of being in a recording studio every day and then going gigging every night. And... Yeah. Um, was probably just doing a bit too much messing with booze. Um, mercifully, <laughs> mercifully, yeah. nobody did anything harder, shall we say? And everybody's still alive, and everybody's still friends. But um, yeah. if I could go back, if I had it over, 
there would be nights that I would definitely just go, you know, you're working tonight. You, you yeah. know, the the barman isn't falling over. The the guy doing sound isn't falling over. Why are you? Um, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. enjoyed it, but we probably enjoyed it a little bit too much at times, and um, that didn't help. And we, by the time we actually got over to England and we were playing to like there was record companies coming to see us and that. Um, we just we we weren't in the habit of playing regularly at that stage. If we'd gotten over in ninety eight rather than ninety seven, we were by that stage we were a well oiled machine and um uh I think we'd have had a, a more impressive presentation to, to give to record companies and um uh you know just the timing was a bit off. Yeah, the timing was just a little bit off, and it was like, just a couple of phone calls that needed to be made at particular times that never happened for whatever reason. Like you know, uh, yeah, like yeah. people like Bob Geldof was a big fan of ours, and uh, we'd heard at one stage he was phoning around a couple of people. But you, you don't know whether these things are are true or whether they've grown bigger between mouth and ear. Uh, but yeah, we just needed a, a phone call to be made here and there, and I think it could have kicked on, as you said, to another level. Of course, as as people probably never tire of reminding you, um, you were in the original Cranberries lineup as well. Um, you left, and uh, you got you actually got Dolores in as the singer to replace you. Um, it's not it's not quite the same thing, but uh, there's elements of, of Nigel Pearson leaving uh, <laughs> the, the title. How do you look at it, or do you, do you, do you kind of look at it as if um, they might never own the title if Pearson was still there? Yeah, there there would be uh, the the analogy I always use trying to describe uh, my dynamic within what was then the cranberry sauce is the the gin and vodka one um uh apparently gin and is pretty much vodka with the addition of juniper berries so i would i would put it this way in a world where vodka is very popular and gin isn't if you can imagine such a thing i would have been the juniper berries in the vodka um it just there is in the in the cranberries, there was a, a really nice little dynamic between that four, and um, uh, and I dare say it probably still is. Um, but at the time when it when it was starting to come together for them, and I think if anybody else had been involved, um, the the cake just wouldn't have risen. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, very philosophical. Um, would would. Oh, it's, it, it, it's not even very phys- philosophical. Yeah. I don't think it's. I think it's just an analysis of what was yeah, going on yeah. at the time. Like, I like. I, uh, I'm not being remotely coy about it, and I would have loved some of that sort of action of being a professional musician and uh, getting to tour the world and all that. But um, that well, just the cash, what, the cash that, I suppose would have the been cash would be nice too. Yeah. But that just yeah. wasn't my ticket. Um, yeah, I really yeah, don't sure. think it was my ticket, and uh, I I don't think I'm I'm nearly thirty years now playing around in bands and something like that, and I I don't think you'd be doing it that long if you didn't have an inflated opinion of your own ability and importance at some level. Um, yeah. But I'm realistic enough to know that uh, that just that that one wasn't for me. <laughs> well, the the whole the whole football music crossover. Then you you kind of you kind of alluded to it earlier there. The sort of football wasn't cool for the sort of the. The indie kid, or, or like there was almost a divide between the musos and and the, the, the you know the, the the young fellows who were into sport maybe yeah at yeah some stage, but then in the I suppose it was in the eighties really that uh, the sort of crossover happened. I don't know maybe the fall and um, I suppose half man half biscuit would have been among the first as well maybe would they? They they might have been to refer to it, but I, I remember the likes of um, Echo and the Bunnymen. Um, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, sure. What's his face? Uh, yeah. He was always a proud Liverpool supporter. Um, Ian McCulloch, and he was he was almost like a sore thumb for for being so like for for proudly proclaiming that he was watching match of the day or or, or checking out final score or whatever the equivalent was back then. Yeah. Um, 
but it it almost became a, an ironically cool thing to like football then as the as the eighties wore into the nineties, shall we say? Yeah, it, it was, but it was as late as that, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 70s, yeah. I, I mean, like yeah. uh, Halfman, Half Biscuit were Mavericks in '86 for having Duke La Prague and for supposedly turning down the tube, and that it's sort of because uh, Tranmere had a had a game on, on the Friday, Friday night, night like, you know? yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, that's it just come around to Half Half Biscuit. Your your tribute band, another one of your your many projects, I suppose. Um, Half hour staff biscuit. You're playing in 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 Cork on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, many of the football songs in the in the repertoire there. There's a few. There's a few mm. that reference it. There's one that references Cork ball as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, there, there there is definitely a few in there, um, and they they've had a few down the years as well. Um, so uh, yeah, there's Duke La Prague. I actually have a Duke La Prague jersey and a away jersey. Have you? Nice we, one, yeah. we normally see a few of those anyway. And uh, yeah. like, actually, being into half and half biscuit is is quite like having uh, or following a cross channel football team. Um, when when I'd go across or via Dublin Airport or Cork Airport or Shannon or wherever, you actually see people in departures who are like you know wearing half and half biscuit t shirts, and you know they're off yeah, to the yeah. same. They're off to the same lost pocket of England that you were, and you'll see them in the car rental place on the other side again, <laughs> or the bus station. And it, it's very like going over to to see Leeds or whatever in that regard. Like you know, you're seeing the jerseys around the place, and you can pick out yeah, the heads. Yeah. Of course, your man, your man, uh, Nigel Blackwell, the, the singer. He was the, he was the sort of music answer to Dennis Berkham, wasn't he? He wouldn't fly. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't fly. He doesn't get on boats. Um, and uh, I think they did stay overnight somewhere. He referred to it recently in, a, in an interview with Mark Riley or someone. But um, he's he's operated on a policy of own bed, own bog when it comes to, to touring, that he yeah. has to be able to get home that night. But they they, yeah. they did a, they did a double header um, uh, not so long ago where they, I think they played the south coast of England and did London the following night or something. And uh, he, was, uh, he was raving on about, was it Best Western or... Or uh, travel lodge or one of these places that they stayed in. Said, yeah, it's very nice. Right, so um, right. there's hope yet, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he's never. They've never played Ireland, obviously. Then, so you're, this is the nearest no, no, no. thing to, to the half man half biscuit experience. Yeah, that, that's that's why we decided to put on a sort of a, a tribute show to um, an act whose highest chart position is 56. If I'm correct, um, <laughs> there is uh, little, if any, prospects of. Uh, getting them to come over. Now, I, I spoke to Jeff, their their effective manager, we'll call him, who runs Pro Plus Records that they've released all their albums on. It must be 10 years ago. And I, I said to him then, I, I was asking him about the, the prospect and he said, um, there's very little, but we've shown him the new fast boat from, uh, is it Strandrart Hilarn? And uh, it, it takes under 40 minutes, apparently. So <laughs> you, you could literally have a nap and be across. But... Um, you know, others have tried to get him to go shorter sales and that. And he, he, there's apparently a festival on an island he can see from his house because he, he lives in the world of Birkenhead somewhere and you can yeah. see the Isle of Man from there and you just said, no, not doing too, it. Too far, too far. Too, <laughs> too far, too wet. Yeah, yeah. They had a, they had a curious obsession with um, with football, com- not commentators, but but um, anchors and presenters, didn't they? They had a yeah. they had a they had a Bob Wilson Bob Wilson Anchorman was one of their songs. I don't think they were big fans of Bob Wilson by by, by all accounts. No, um, and a Tony Gubba as well. A Tony Gubba. A Gubba. Yeah. Yes. Um, who else pops up? Elton Wellesby. Um, Elton Wellesby. Uh, 
licking his lips as he creeps ever closer. He's, 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 a, he's in what there a, too, yeah. What a mental image, yeah. Um. <laughs> Dressed as a French maid. If I I'm trying to remember the lyrics of that one for Saturday night, actually. There's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like trying to rhyme off a book. Of course, you have your own interest in the commentary as well. I remember, you weren't you due to release an EP called uh, Javier Clemente is, is Pulling Off His Captain? That was actually, it, it, it was an album project that was in the pipework um uh it, it wasn't actually the hitchers it was uh the, the next thing after the hitchers myself and eric uh right, were yeah. working on was called um uh, the, the penny horse and that was the, the sort of working title for the album and right, uh yeah. we we got about half a dozen songs together that were for it essentially um but uh it was just at that age where everybody started getting married and having babies and we just, you know, we other bands were writing, recording and releasing albums in the same time frame that we were arranging, postponing and cancelling rehearsals. So um, we said we ended up just parking the whole thing. We did two EPs, but that was it. In case anyone didn't get that reference it related to... Um... It's George Hamilton's famous line about put your game. What was it? The was it the eighty nine game? It could have been. I, I actually yeah. thought it was the 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 ninety four qualifier in. Um, actually, you could be right. You could be right. In, yeah. It was Sorry, the game yeah, in Seville in the end of ninety two, which was right. the famous the, the nil all draw that 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 should have been a one nil win to Ireland. Uh, Aldridge had a perfectly legitimate goal disallowed late that's on. Like goal. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you look back on that time now? Do you look back on it as a kind of a golden era of Irish music or? One of the lads, one of the lads with us now on the Examiner, um, Eddie Boss, was with the with the Emperor of Ice Cream back then. Oh like, yeah, I remember um, Emperors. Yeah. Um, looking back, it just it seemed like um, a very creative time. In yeah, um, it, there was plenty going on. I mean, like anybody from any particular, we live in an era of two year generation gaps. Probably it's probably even smaller now, but mm. uh, uh, people will focus on the stuff that was um, that was. Uh, vibrant and important as they'd say it when they were sort of 19 20 21 whatever but um there was there was some great stuff going on um like i i, I remember when i was in our college down in cork um uh there was two bands sitting either side of me in the liberty who i had just seen on top of the pops it was the most bizarre uh scenario to find myself in with the Thanks. frank and walters uh, yeah. who they just shown their video on top of the pops and the sultans of ping who had just performed on it like it was absolutely extraordinary <laughs> and as well as that like it, down in cork it, and i'm just sticking with cork you had the emperors um uh, you had the shanks who were very very good as well they were label mates of ours and uh uh treehouse were very very good back then as well we used to play with with, with a lot of bands from down around there like you know the orange fetishes orange fetishes were yeah they'd have been contemporaries then too um and like there was there was some lovely little venues down there um what's the one on tucky street uh it's probably not even a venue anymore but it was right there in the middle of tucky street anyway and uh i remember i watched the i watched the ireland poland game for the 92 qualifiers where we squandered a 3-1 lead where George Hampton costs us a <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched that in there just before I did a gig, and as if um, as if my uh, as if my night couldn't have gotten any worse, we had a, a support band who I think were from Cork as well called Lift, um, and I was going through my Keep Moon phase, so I brought the biggest drum kit I could possibly find. <laughs> I, I borrowed bits and pieces off everyone, and um, so I had two bass drums, two floor toms, three or four racks, and I'd, I'd pretty much taken over the stage all on my own. And uh, going off to watch the end of the match, I said to the drummer, um, oh, move around whatever you need there. 
and uh, it'd be grand just being the sound headliner drummer. It turned out he was left-handed and used a kick in a snare drum. So um, <laughs> my entire drum kick got ripped off the stage and had to be done again when I got back. Yeah, so. All that to watch the polls go on yeah. the last five minutes. <laughs> Thor one, all right. Yeah. Um, so finally, Niall, um, are you are you doing anything special for the 20th anniversary of Strachan? Uh, yeah, we've got a... We've got a, a couple of gigs that we're going to do, probably May, June direction, and we have to, um, we're, we're working on a video at the moment for it as well. So we'll, we'll do a re-release. Um, uh, there's this whole, this, this whole uh, I think it's a bit of a fad, but um, um, doing vinyl and that. So we'll, we'll probably go for a vinyl re-release of it. And uh, um, fingers crossed, a few more people will buy it than bought it when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And of course, half hour, half biscuit are in Fred Zeppelin's in Cork on Saturday night. Uh, I think uh, doors are nine. I'd say we'll be on very uh, as early as we can. We'll get on about ten o'clock um, because it's it's a good long show, and we want to get it on and get home at a reasonable hour. Brilliant. But it, it should be good crack with people coming in from England and all for this. Uh, so we were rehearsing last night. That's why my throat's sounding a little bit burned now. Um, and. Uh, uh, rehearsing last night and we've another marathon rehearsal against us uh, or ahead of us tonight and I'd better take tomorrow night off then and uh, just last thing if we go back to the World Cup of Football songs and you were knocked out in the semi-final who'd win it? Oh I've, I've always uh, said that what was the England one? Three Lines? Three Lines I, I, think, yeah. I think that's uh, without equal I really do I think it's a smashing piece of songwriting um, who couldn't empathise with them when you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, 50 years of hurt. That's great, Niall. Thanks very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 